You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 169, Cody Dakota Wooten and Listening and Leading. friends welcome to halfway there this is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary christians about today's christian experience i as always am your host eric nevins and i'm so grateful that you are here friends i just a couple things i wanted to share with you um before we get into this episode it's a really good one it's kind of long so i'm going to make all of this very brief First of all, last week we had our guest, Sarah Geringer. I hope that you enjoyed her um, ideas on transforming your thought life. I know I did. In fact, we did an extra bonus conversation with Sarah about dealing with divorce at the holidays. If you remember, she mentioned that, um, dealing with divorce as a, as a child of divorce herself. And that also is a category, of course, that I fit into. Um, and so that really intrigued me, and I wanted to do an additional conversation. That's over at Patreon. Um, you can get access to it by just uh, donating. If you know it's as little as five dollars a month, would love to have you on board and have you uh, get those extra conversations that I create every single month for you. So this month it's uh, me and Sarah talking about uh, how to deal with divorce at the holidays. There's a lot of us who go through that. And uh, so she gives us some really great strategies, including a really intriguing Bible story uh, that she relates to the uh, situation of of having had a divorce in the family um, that I thought was really kind of genius. So I hope that you'll check that out. Uh, you can go to the show notes and catch hit Patreon, or you can just go to patreon.com slash halfway there if you are interested in doing that. Um, it's the season of giving. I thought maybe I'd mention that to you. Uh, number two, there's something else that I'm up to that I think you might want to be a part of. Um, my friend Steve Olsher, who we talk about in this episode, uh, is starting Podcast Magazine. And a few months ago or a month or so ago, he was looking for category directors for each category. And I volunteered to be the category director of the uh, religion and spirituality section w- of the magazine, which is really, really cool. Going to be very fun. And I can't quite wait to to take that on. Um, it's going to be writing some articles and finding and discovering podcasts, which is something I really love to do. Um, but here's the good thing for you. You can actually get a free subscription, free lifetime subscription to Podcast Magazine, Right now, I don't know how long this is going to go on, but that's what he's doing right now. So you can go to podcastmagazine.com or I'll have a link in the show notes that you can click over to there as well. If you use that, it'll track it and I would appreciate that. But either way, uh, whatever would be great. And uh, it'd be wonderful uh, if you just hop on and get it. And then you'll be able to see what I'm writing. You'll be able to see uh, different things. Here's the thing. It's going to be for the religion and spirituality category, not the Christianity category. So we're going to do some things like feature, uh, you know, Buddhist podcasts and Islamic podcasts and um, all the other kinds of um, of categories that go in there. Um, I'm not opposed to that, but it'll be a little bit uh, different just so that you know. Uh, or a little bit broader uh, is like maybe the better way to put it. But so that's happening. That's a thing. So go again, podcastmagazine.com, get your free lifetime subscription. You can do that um, right now, especially if you're interested in podcasts. You totally want to do that. Uh, okay, so let's talk about our conversation here. There's a couple things that you're going to notice. The first one is that uh, my guest and I today, we talk about how hot it is in Colorado. And this episode is coming out the second week of December in 2019, you may be listening to it at who who knows some other time. Uh, but that's when it's being first released and uh, we recorded it way back in July. So Cody, I know you listen, you'll probably listen to this. I'm sorry. It took so long. We, we had a huge backlog there starting back in the summer and, uh, we're getting them published. So I am excited to be sharing this episode with you or uh, with Cody. Cody's a faithful listener. He's a great friend. And uh, I really do appreciate him and his story. So that's really the only thing I wanted to point out to you. Cody has a great heart and passion for other people. I think that'll come out and I think you'll enjoy it. So our guest is Cody Dakota Wooten, and he's a coach. He is an author, a teacher, a speaker. Um, He's got this passion for leadership. Listen to the end. You'll hear how 
he came up with that and why he's so passionate about leadership in his generation. He's a little younger. We even meander through Tinder and some things like that, which uh, at least we, we laughed a lot. That's the second thing you'll notice is we really laughed a lot. We had, we had a lot of fun. So uh, I hope you enjoyed Welcome to Halfway There. Thank you, Eric. I'm I'm super excited to be here, and I am I'm honored to be on your podcast. And and just so you know, there are, there's only a couple podcasts that I listen to on a very regular basis, and your show is one of them. So thank you for everything that you do. Well, that's super kind, and you're always kind enough to comment or share, or do things like that. I appreciate it. So thank you for listening. That's cool. But it's also great to just have you here on the on the show. Absolutely. We met, so I always like to throw this out there for our friends. We met at New Media Summit with uh, Steve Olsher, the man, the myth, the legend, we'll call him, <laughs> uh, Mr. Bold. So anyway, he's uh, that's, that's, that's where we met. That whole conference um, is, is a great thing. Guys, if you are a coach or an author or haven't, we're looking to get your message out, you should go check that out. I can always connected to that as well. Um, all right, Cody. So I want to hear about you. So tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are right now. Uh, so who I am, where I am right now, honestly, I'm just, I'm a regular guy that sees the world as it is and hopes to make an impact in the world. Um, that that's really what it is. Uh, Christian at heart and, um, hoping to do God's work, you know, However, he's calling me to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. What are you, how are you pursuing that right now? Definitely. So I call myself a heroic potential and legendary leadership coach, which basically means that I see people in the world who have gifts, who have talents, who have amazing things to contribute in the world who aren't doing it or who aren't doing it to the capacity that they're able to do it. And so I go in with them and help them figure out how can they live up to what I call the heroic potential. Basically, the Greek word for hero meant someone with the strength for two or more people. And so understanding what is that ability, what is that talent that you have that you can bring out to help other people in the world, how do we reach that highest potential you have within that? And as you do this more and more, and as you create other leaders around you, you become what I call the legendary leader, which I think is the ultimate goal for basically everyone in life to be able to accomplish is to, to reach that status of legendary leadership. Yeah. And I think even, uh, you know, you talk about as you're raising up other leaders, I mean, this is exactly what Jesus did, right? He, he was, he was there. He, he, um, you know, developed and he learned with the Lord and then he started to bring people around him um, to teach them so that they could go out with a goal, knowing that someday he was going to leave and and he was going to send them in the world. Created more legendary leaders. That that's the other thing, right? Uh, We, we think about Jesus as, as the ultimate leader because he was, but after him, when, when he went on, he left behind other people who were, absolutely legendary leaders. I mean, Peter, Paul, uh, like so many great, amazing leaders that were, were created from his legacy. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I don't know the exact number, so maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's interesting to think about how many generations of Christians, right? If you think even, even oh, if it's, yeah. let's say 40 years between generations, it's not actually that many generations back toward, um, you know, to where, to the apostles. Right. And so there's, and there you can go through church history. I've been listening to this podcast called heterodoxy and or orthodoxy and heterodoxy by a um, Orthodox priest, which is kind of interesting Okay, going through church history and just, you know, as he goes through it and there's all these people who, who that legacy, I think you can arguably trace back to, to Jesus and to the apostles. Definitely. Yeah. And, and some people may not know how, how their personal legacy works within that, but I mean, that, that is how, how our faith has maintained itself. It's been one person who stood up as a legendary leader 
pass it on to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, until here we are today, where Christianity is one of the most pr- uh, prolific religions in the world. Yeah, so we've got that sort of idea of multiplication uh, going here. I love that. So, all right, let's talk about you. I want to talk about how you got here. So, I know that you grew up in Colorado, yes, and born I'm, and raised, love Colorado, which is which is that's we connected over that because that's where I am now in the. Rocky Mountains. We're having that two weeks a year where it's like unbelievably hot, you know, that's happening right now. So it's it's like the rest of the year, it's like mild, things are great. And you just, that two weeks you get hit with it and you're like, oh my God, what is this? It's terrible. But we don't tell people from California that most of the time it's really good. We just tell them it's too hot because we don't want them to come here. Just kidding. If you're a listener in California, don't want to offend too much anyway but but uh, yeah that, so that's kind of what we're doing right now but Colorado is a great place to be I know I know you grew up here I know that uh, you grew up with you, you said three women in your house right yeah, so I was I, I was raised by three women so I was raised by my mother my grandmother and my aunt and uh, basically how that came about is uh, my mother made an interesting discovery that my father was married to another woman at the same time as her. And so, uh, yeah, so that's obviously an interesting dilemma to be in. I think that's called a game changer. Yeah, you you could call it a game changer. (laughs) And so uh, after that, my mother got full custody of me. But my father, he had the ability to be a part of my life. He, He was allowed... Uh, complete visitation anytime he wanted and he chose not to be a part of my life and so basically my mother my grandmother and my aunt raised me my like that that was how I was raised yeah okay so that has some implications for you I'm I'm guessing right because you know anytime somebody's like hey okay I'm not gonna be (laughs) there what what did you do with that like, like you, you, you grow up and you see all these other kids that you're growing up around who have their fathers and, and they're like, I, like, even to this day, I can admit it that there's, there's a hole in me that, you know, that father figure should be a part of and they're, they're not there. And you see everyone else who has this in their life. You see people who have two parents and you're just like, why, why don't I have that? You know, and like, it's, it's not even like you did something wrong, right? Mm. It's just like, it is what it is. And there's, there's sadly just not much you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So that, you know, obviously is hard as a kid. You don't understand it as a kid for sure. Definitely not. (laughs) Right. You you just kind of is what it is. And then you later you grow up and go, Oh, that explains some things. Right. Um, what but so what was the spiritual climate like as a as a child then? So you obviously have a little bit of turmoil going on, but what was were you always in a Christian family or what was happening? So so my mother she um she her her parents were two different denominations. My my grandmother was Catholic, and my grandfather he was I think he Lutheran, which whichever one doesn't believe in birthdays. Oh no, that's not uh, Lutheran. That's um, it's like Jehovah's Witness. I think they they do. Jehovah's yeah. Witness. Yeah. Yes, he was Jehovah's Witness. So sorry, Lutherans. I I'm not <laughs> a, a master of different denominations. That's not my special. Hey, l- listen, <laughs> I have a master of divinity. I'll handle the denominations. You just let me know if you need. Boom. So yeah. So my grandmother was Catholic. My my grandfather he he was Jehovah's Witness. So they're like completely different atmospheres. Totally. And um, my mother grew up like halfway in between each. And she was like, this is nonsense. So so basically, when when I kind of got uh, like nine, 10 years old around, she said, like, you know, I'm going to let you decide what you want to be, because I was kind of forced between two different things. And that left that left a bad taste in her mouth. So so she basically said, you know, whatever types of churches you want to go to, I'll take you there. If you want to explore like Buddhism and Hinduism, like you can explore that if you want to. I'll, I'll give you that ability to kind of create that like what is your own belief, um, which I think was really a blessing because <laughs> for me, I don't have a lot of like negative biases towards most faiths. 
uh, especially in the, the, the Christian world. Uh, something that you hear a lot of within the Christian world is like, oh, this denomination over here is wrong because of this. And oh, that denomination is wrong because, you know, this is their history and whatnot. And um, I, I never really had that. I kind of was able to just see like, what is there within the Christian faith? And for me, I, I kind of always felt more compelled towards Christianity. I didn't really feel a, a compulsion to any other faith. Um, now, um, around that time, I, I made a decision to stick with a, a non-denominational Christian church, maybe not for the best of reasons. I was a kid and sure. they had, they had donuts and video games before the, the, uh, mass. Uh, so I was like, Hey, that's a winner in my book. So that was fun. Right. <laughs> that's why you make decisions as a child. I get that, but still that's a big responsibility. I'm interested in that, you know, um, for your mom to just give you, right? Hey, you can go ahead and you decide for yourself at 10 years old. I mean, I have a 10 year old right now. I can't imagine the, the way, of course he would make a decision like that. Like, ah, oh, you know what? <laughs> they got donuts here and I'm cool with that. Like that, that makes sense. I mean, however old you were, but it's, it's kind of yeah. a big responsibility. How did you handle it? Um, Maybe you, you never know, thought of it that I, way. Like, I never really thought about it. No, it, it, it was just kind of like, like for me, it was like there. There's got to be a truth out there, and there's got to be something that connects me to that truth. And if if I can feel a, a connection, there's there's got to be something like speaking to me. Um, another thing that like I've heard a lot on your podcast is like people think that like God can't speak to you, and that that was like that notion never crossed my mind. Like I, I had, I had heard, uh, stories in the Bible when I was young. And so like, like God speaking to you didn't seem like this, like crazy out there. Like he doesn't do that anymore. Like, like that just was something he did in, in my world. And so I, I guess I kind of had that idea that he would speak to me somehow and wow. I wouldn't necessarily know exactly what it was, but there would be something there that would say like, this is God talking, knock, knock. Yeah. Hello. I love that. You, you know, what's so great about that is um, I just read in the Bible. Of course, I expected that God would speak to me. Right. <laughs> I love that. Like, like you, somehow. And, and like, like different people heard God differently. Right. Yep. Like, like some people heard it through another person. Some people had God speak to them directly. Some people heard God through dreams. And it's like, like, these are so, so like to me, I, I like was like, God speaks to people. I just don't know how he's going to speak to me specifically. Yeah. Totally interesting. I, and I, I love that. I just love that. If you just read the Bible, that's how it's going to go. Like you, you, that's what you expect because that's what happens. That's people just what he does. people that's have just a mystical experience and you have to get to some theology later in order to not believe it, which um, I don't believe or buy anymore. So that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, I get myself in a little bit of trouble for me, like theology, like I didn't really get a, like a strong theological, like, um, understanding until college. Mm. And so like, like basically up until college, I didn't really have the notion that like, there's these huge differences from one Bible tradition to the, another Bible tradition. Like, like that just wasn't apparent to me until I went to college. Yeah. That's pretty interesting because you, why, why would you, right? So, yeah. okay. So you're going to this non-denominational church and you said, well, maybe it wasn't the best of reasons, but was it, was there like, how did that shape you and how did it kind of, you know, how did you learn and grow in that? And I'm cur- really curious too, when and if you made like a personal decision not that you have yeah. have to necessarily, but like what that was like for you. Yeah. So, so I, I would go about this in two ways. Um, one is it, it was probably about the time, maybe like 11, 12 years old, maybe around there. I like, I made a decision to get baptized. Um, and, and so like, that was a personal decision mm-hmm. and I, it came, it came pretty soon after, like I did a, like a, um, like a summer camp of sorts. It was like a, uh, it wasn't a very long one, but I, I just remember it was just a super powerful um, experience being there. 
I, I remember one of the nights it was like a worship night. So you had the band on stage and people in the audience. And I just, I just remembered like feeling this like need to bow down, like, like get on my knees, bow down and just release it all to God. Um, mm. it, it was like, my body was telling me that's what I needed to do. And it, it was it's one of the most powerful religious experiences that I remember in my life because it wasn't like a logical thing. It wasn't like, like this is how we do it. Right. It was just like, just do it. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's so, it's, it's so important and it's interesting because it didn't sound like it was really an emotional decision either. Sometimes people get worried about that, but it's, it was just no, a, it just it, it was like a compulsion like like something outside of you is telling you move in this way yeah and it wasn't it wasn't a voice like like for me personally i've never heard the voice of god like some people say like he spoke to me in clear words like that's never happened for me yeah um, i've never had like like dreams that were from god like that, that's never happened to me. Now, do I, I personally believe that can happen to people it just hasn't happened to me. That's just not how he speaks to me. Right. But you felt like he was leading you to, to just give yeah. your life to him right there. Yeah, exactly. Can. Very cool. So pretty soon after that, I did get baptized, but, but then adolescence happens and growing <laughs> up and, and, um, the, there's, there's definitely, I, one of the things that I strongly believe in the Christian faith is that it's not like one and done, like I'm baptized, ergo, everything is good forever. I think there's, there's like phases where like you're going to have good and there's going to be phases where you're challenged and you're going to have doubts and it's going to be hard. And you're going to be like, why is this happening to me? Right. <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? And I don't think like you did something to deserve it. I think that this is just the path you need to be on in order to get where you were destined to go. Yeah. It's life. That, exactly. That's what, that's what happens there. You learn and grow in different stages. Exactly. I agree. So like it, it was, it was right after it was right after high school, right before college. Um, and um, it, it was during this time where I was like, I, I really want a significant other, like a, like a, a girlfriend and, and, and wife. And um, I, I started to pursue relationships with people in not very healthy ways and not in the best of ways. You know, my generation, there's, there's definitely like all the mobile applications that are out there. Dude. And, and I'm not saying like, I was like the worst person out there. Yeah. Right? I'm not like, I wasn't swiping what, I don't even know what direction it is. <laughs> like I wasn't swiping right for everybody. Right. right. Like that, that wasn't me. Um, but like, but like it was still not healthy. Yeah. Dude. So can, I just, I have to say this. I do not understand. I cannot imagine being your generation. I I don't. I just don't get dating in a, like in a in the twenty first century. It's that would be like, so weird. It's not even. I mean, it's probably better than having you know rejection at a bar. Just <laughs> 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 just have the like hidden rejection of somebody swiping a direction. But I don't. I just. It just seems astounding to me that people do this and they live this way. It probably well, just means I'm old. That's what that means. But it. Well, no, no, I don't. I don't think that's the the uh, uh, like what you're saying makes total sense to me. It's weird. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Like like what, a relationship is supposed to be two you know two people getting to understand each other better and 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 developing feelings around how about that relationship. And, and you have like, like all these different applications and stuff where they're, they're very much designed to be like visual. And, and it's like, it's, I think it's terrible in many ways because, because it's designed to be visual, they're, they're telling you that looks are more important than what's on the inside of somebody. And, and so like, even if that's not the type of person you are, like, I'm not, I'm not a looks person. I can get past looks with people, but 
those kinds of apps still prime you to think like that, even if right person you are. Well, and it's setting that as the foundation of your relationship, right? So exactly. I've never been on one of those apps, but I'm assuming that you don't sit there and read through a whole profile. You're looking at, uh, <laughs> you're looking at going, oh, oh, she's, well, she's only half dressed. That sounds good or whatever. Even if you do look at their profiles, like I was someone that would read profiles, right? Okay. It's, it's like, it's like half a paragraph. How can you know yeah. anything <laughs> about someone in half a paragraph? Three senses. It's not possible. Right. I like cats and long walks on the beach. And I like long walks on the beach are great. Awesome. I'm swiping whatever direction for that. Like, like that's like, that's as deep as it gets from there. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So thank you for that little excursion. It's just, I, it blows my mind. I cannot imagine these poor young people. So for, I don't know. I hope my kids never have to it's do hard. that, but it's hard. It is definitely strange. It's a it's weird the world we live in. The second the second problem with it, sorry, I, Go ahead. I, I want to stick on this just for another second. Yeah. Is that it it is designed to take you away from human interaction. Yeah. Right? It 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 falls into like the texting and messaging uh, where we have a whole generation of people who are afraid to get on the phone. Right. Like and I, I was that person at one point. I'm I, I like my first job. I was I was doing calls, right? I, I was doing collections, and so um, like I I've got over it because yeah. I needed to for my job. But like most people in my generation, that they, they don't have that, right? They're so used to texting and messaging that like making a call is foreign and it's strange, and they don't know how to do it, and they they get face to face with someone, and and they don't know like how do I have a conversation with you. Because when you get a text, you can choose to answer it right away. You can wait for a little while. You yeah. can formulate new questions. Like when you're face to face, you don't have that as an option really. And it, I think it does us a huge disservice to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's interesting the way technology is affecting us. Okay, so you're going through all that. Yeah. And you're you're kind of navigating it relationally. What? Trying to, <laughs> trying to, yeah, I'm mean, yeah, sure. Oh, I just, it's again, it blows my mind. But so, how does that affect you, or what, what? How does that change your development? The way it affected me was I was seeking something outside of myself to 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 basically give myself a how do I say this to to put value on myself. Right. Mm. You, seeking a relationship to give me value of myself. Yeah. Validation. Which, exactly. Which, which it can't do. Right. And right. that's, that's what I discovered. But in, in the, the middle of it, it was awful because you're like, I want to be in a relationship because I feel like that'll give me value. And you get into a relationship and the relationship isn't great. And then it, it makes you feel like, oh, well, my value must not be great. And then you're like, God, just, just put someone in my life. Right. Yeah. And it like, and then another relationship comes up and you're like, Oh, I hope this is going to work. And then it doesn't work out. And you're like, wow, I must be crappy or something. And like, that, that's not the truth of it. Right. That's right. just the, the preconceived ideas we're giving ourselves based on where we're putting the value. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we, uh, yeah, we've established it's a weird world we live in and it doesn't necessarily help with identity, which I think is one of the key things. I think a big part of being a believer, living our life with God is learning who we are yeah. and learning our value and living into who he's made us to be. Definitely. Okay, so you're wrestling with this. You're trying to find, you know, a woman. I'm, I'm curious because I'm sure some of that comes from even that abandonment that you had, you know, as a, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but I'm sure you're right about that too. Like that, like logically, that makes perfect sense to me. Right. I'm, I'm no psychologist. Just I play <laughs> one on a podcast. <laughs> 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 subscript we don't give out any medical advice in the show please don't take us on on any medical advice we may say don't yeah yeah this is not uh not per okay we're not doctors here <laughs> that's funny i used to have to do uh those kind of things like i worked in a at a brokerage firm 
Yeah. And so I would have to say very explicitly, look, I'm not a broker. You don't want my advice. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> you don't want that. So, okay. So you're, so you're going through this with the, yes. with the relationship, looking for relationships, but then you're, you're also trying to, you, where, where are you going? How are you growing through that? Take us to that next stage. So, so also within this time, like this same time period, I, I start to go to college and I go to a Catholic college uh, I, and I choose a Catholic college, not because it's a Catholic college and not because of the degree I'm going to be able to get there, but I, I chose it because they recruited me to play NCAA Division Three lacrosse. Oh, cool. Again, apparently I have like a, a streak of choosing things, not for the best of reasons, but somehow it works out for me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so so I go to this college and and this is like the first time I start understanding theological debate. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and like like getting different theological perspectives because it's, it's a Catholic school and you have to go through all it, it was um, liberal arts school. So I had to take all the different subjects. So I took English classes. I took uh, math classes. I took French classes. I took uh, theology classes. I took philosophy classes. So I've got all these different things on. And, and so I'm, I'm learning about God and faith in a completely different perspective from what I'm used to. And I've like I've been to Catholic churches before, but going to a Catholic church is very different than learning about Catholicism from a theological standpoint and and learning about all the different splits from the Catholic church and, and all these different things. It's it's a completely different experience of learning. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. So so I'm I'm trying to just wrap my mind around that. Like there so like like this is a thing like there's there's all these different christian faiths that are battling against each other over the one truth right and and they're saying like this one is no i'm completely correct no i'm completely correct and it's like 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 that it it, it was mind-numbing and weird to me and it, it was challenging to me because like when when i think of christianity i think like one whole we're all in god and like, even when, when I look at the, the different religions in the world right now, like, like to me personally, like I see uh, people who are Jewish as my brothers and sisters in faith because they have the same God. Uh, Muslims have basically the same God, right? They say Allah, but like, the, like we're, we're all brothers and sisters in, in faith. Basically, we come from the same tradition. Why are we like battling each other and killing each other over this like like i i understand wanting to get to the truth but like why are we killing each other over this this was weird to me and i like i didn't understand it yeah yeah well so so i think you have to the, there's obviously you know thousands of years of history there and all of that i think part of the 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 difficult thing that what really what really breaks my heart is that um, we have, as a, as believers, as Christians, we must, we absolutely must have a view of other human beings as being made in God's image and therefore be, having value and therefore being our brother. And so whether, you know, I think religiously, whether I think a Muslim person has it right or wrong, or I think that another denomination has it right or wrong, it doesn't actually matter in the end. Like I, truth matters. I, I'm going to affirm that because otherwise I'll get emails and people will tell me that, <laughs> that that's not, you know, or bad reviews or something. And I believe that I do. But I think if I believe really what, what God has, has said, uh, it's all people, we're all in the same human boat. Right. And so we all, exactly. we, we all must love each other. And as a Christian, I think it's our responsibility to take the lead on that and to go, to go out and love. I'm 100% on board with you. And like, I, I think it's good to pursue truth. I think we should look for truth in our own life and to, to better understand it all. But, but at the end of the day, we don't determine what truth is. Like God determines what the truth <laughs> right. is. We're just living in the world he created, right? Right, amen. Like, like who, who, am I, who am I to say that like, no, your interpretation is wrong. My interpretation is the only correct thing. Like, like, right. that, no, no. God's interpretation is the only correct thing. I, this is what I think. This is what I believe based on the limited perspective that I have. But for me to attack someone like that, that seems rude to me. <laughs> well, it is. And that's a different, that's definitely a generational thing 
because um, certainly generations like the the boomers before us and then going back further uh, were very much still in that sort of enlightenment, um, right and wrong, true, clear, black and white kind of thing. And I know that Gen Xers like me are much more, maybe, you know, maybe a little more gray, but um, it really did change in the last 50 years. And that's hard to believe. It's like, it's, it's a <laughs> seismic shift. Um, Definitely. And yet, which is, which is good in some ways, but it, it poses other problems. It too. does. It does. And that's part of the issue. So you're learning about theology, which is interesting. Yeah. So you had to study like Augustine and Aquinas and Jerome exactly. and some of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Dante. Absolutely. And like saints, like, yeah. like I never really heard of saints. Yeah. And it was like this really foreign con, like someone, basically someone said like, Hey, you remind me a lot of St. Francis of Assisi. And I was like, who? <laughs> Why are you calling me a sissy, man? What's up with that? <laughs> Basically, no, I, I didn't say that. But like, but they're like, yeah, no, it's like this person, and they're like, they're a saint. I'm like, what's a saint? Like, yeah, like I, I didn't know what a saint was, and like, like after they explained what a saint was and kind of like showed me the ropes of what sainthood is, I was all like, this is really interesting, and it's it's actually really cool because they're basically people who were faulty people who were just doing their best to try and live in God's will. And they did pretty well with it. And like, they're not perfect, right? Like Jesus was perfect because he is God. He like perfection. You, you Right. And like, sometimes it's hard to like live up to perfection. Right. But then you have examples all the time. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're like, dang it. I did it again. Like, <laughs> sheesh. Why, why do I keep doing that? Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But like you have these examples of people who've like done really well, not perfect, mind you, but they've done really well. And that was like a really awesome concept to me. Mm. That you, you had these other people you could look up to. Right. Right. Yeah. You had some, some virtual mentors, if you will. Right. People exactly. that you could, you could look at, man. Exactly. I, I'm a huge believer in, looking at the lives of the saints. Did you know Ignatius of Loyola, who's one of the guys that I, I really respect, he, he got hurt in battle when the Moors were attacking Spain. But he, um, so he spent a bunch of time in bed and he, what, he passed the time by reading the New Testament and a, or a life of Christ that was not the New Testament and then mm-hmm. lives of the saints. And that was what really brought him to Christ. And then he was also reading like trashy romance novels and he was noticing the difference between them and he was like yeah, maybe this is better <laughs> like yeah this, this trashy romance stuff it, it's got its uh qualities i guess <laughs> but like these saints we have where it's at and we're back to tinder okay so <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness the, the odd connections we're making this is <laughs> this is what i do brother uh so Anyway, t- take us. So you're so you're learning this stuff, but how did that shape you? So it, it sounds like, in some ways, it gave you some some people to look up to that maybe you didn't have as a kid. Definitely, that's definitely a portion of it. And and one of the, one of the most interesting things, uh, two two of the most interesting things I learned is from the life of Saint Francis of Assisi. So it, like it was really cool that the the person who brought that up brought that up to me. Um, because there were two things he taught that, that really impacted me, um, within my Christian faith. One was he, he had this concept that there, you can walk in prayer, right? Every moment of every day you can be in prayer. And, and like growing up that, that was not something I learned, you know, praying was folding your hands and, and bowing down. And like, you're talking to God saying specific things and, like, and some people teach it to where it's like, you're basically just asking him. It's like a wish list. Like, Hey God, please just give this to me. <laughs> That's how I grew up. It was intercessory <laughs> grocery list prayer. Exactly. Like a, a lot of people grow up like that. And like, yep. I'm, I'm no different from that. And so like, like I learned like, no, everything I do can be done in prayer. Like literally just walking or waving at somebody can be done in prayer. And so, so you can be in prayer all the time. That was such a cool concept to me. Yeah. So learning really to cultivate an attitude of prayer all the time. Definitely. And, and the other thing was um, 
during during his his uh, he, one of the things that Saint Francis of Assisi really wanted to do in in his life. It's funny because it never actually happened. He wanted to be a martyr. Like <laughs> that was like his like number one goal was like he wanted to be a martyr. Weirdo. He tried like <laughs> hey hey that was like his goal. And like he he tried his darndest. Like he tried to go to the Holy Land three times. He failed his first two times. Like he just couldn't get there. The third time he gets there, right? He's like he's he's um he, he's preaching in the streets and everything. And the the Sultan takes him into his castle at that time, right? And and basically Saint Francis is is basically trying to do everything to get martyred, right? He's yeah. he's with the Sultan for about two weeks. And he comes out alive, not a martyr. And only the Fran- the Franciscan monks during that time, they were the only Christians are, are allowed in the Holy Land. Like, not only did he not become a martyr, but like, he's still further God's plan there. <laughs> wow. And, and, and basically, the, the Sultan allowed him there because the Sultan saw him as, as a brethren in faith. Right? And so it's like, like we can be brothers without mm. being Christians. Yeah, we can, we can be brothers across any faith. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that has that truly has shaped me as well. Yeah, really interesting. Oh, okay, so that's around in the twelve hundreds. It was during the Crusades. There was there was a lot going on there. So <laughs> a there's uh, a there. <laughs> yeah, there's a great book on the Crusades, and I'll find the link. I don't think I have it in my office. I'm looking, but I'll find a link to it. Uh, that I read in, in seminary. You guys can check it out if you really like are interested in that. Absolutely. I like that. Okay. So, so from here, yeah, this is, this is kind of the next thing that happened. So I'm, I'm going through college and I'm like, I'm feeling really lonely at this time. And um, like, I, w- I would go to a party and I would drink at the parties hoping to get like liquid courage to go meet a girl <laughs> yeah. right, and, and talk to them because I've grown up in this generation where we don't know how to talk to people. Right. And, and so like I would drink to try and gain courage, but then like I have a high alcohol tolerance. And so I wouldn't get drunk. Like I usually get sick before I get drunk. Oh no. So, yeah. That's not good, man. So, so like I would drink, to try and encourage, but then I wouldn't get drunk to have that, you know, that this liquid courage that doesn't actually exist. It's right. a whole different problem, <laughs> right? Like that doesn't exist. So don't try and do it. But anyways, I, I wouldn't get that, but alcohol is a depressant anyway. So like, I would like feel even more discouraged afterwards because I didn't have that courage. And like this, this went on for a while. And I, and I remember one night I went to a party. I, the same thing happened again. And I, I, I left. Right. And I was just like in this, this terrible dismay. Like I was just like super upset. And I went out into the woods near my university. And I I remember I just like, I sat down and I was there for a couple hours. Just like, God, give me something. Right. Like, like give me something that I know that you're here, that I know that you're guiding me somewhere, that I, I know I'm going to find love in my life and, and something to that effect, right? And I was, I was, I was about to give up. I, I had been sitting there for hours. I stood up just ready to take off because nothing happened. And I was like, I was just even more upset. And I remember right at that point, like right as I was about to give up, I saw a coyote popped up out of nowhere. There's this coyote there. And I looked at the coyote and I had this compulsion. Like I need to follow this coyote. It's, it's a wild animal, right? Like who <laughs> thinks like I got to follow the wild animal? Be careful, Cody. Be careful. <laughs> exactly. But like, but like, that's what I was like, I felt like this is what I needed to do. So I started to follow this coyote. And he started to speed up and speed up. And all of a sudden he's like, he just disappeared out of the blue and I can't see him anywhere, but I'm, I'm at a road that I've never been at before. And so I'm like, huh, I'm going to follow this road and see where it goes because I felt like I should follow this coyote and this is where the coyote took me. So I'm going to see where this road goes. I go down this road and at the end of this road, no joke, there's a statue of Jesus there. Mm. Wow. (laughs) It's like, like to me, like 
that was a sign, like something's going to happen. And, and I felt like God used the coyote to speak to me in a way that would make sense of something to me. Yeah. Now, now during this time, I'm, I'm also interested in other religions, not necessarily to follow those religions, but just because I'm, I'm a very curious person and I want to know different things. And um, Native American mythology was just something that I was interested in. And so, like, the character of Coyote in, in Native American mythology has multiple roles. Um, one of the roles is creator. Uh, in some of the Native American mythologies, the Coyote is who created all of the existence, basically. Mm, that's interesting. In, in other, other Native American mythologies, he's the destroyer. Right. And in other Native American mythologies, he's he's uh, he's there. There's kind of two ways to look at this, but like he's the trickster and or he's the happy go lucky kind of character. Right. Yes. Wiley Coyote happens. Exactly. What happens in most of Coyote stories is Coyote decides to do something. He does it. It goes terribly wrong. And he learns from it. And basically, that was about, that is what was about to happen in my life. Mm. Is uh, I didn't know it when this happened, but in hindsight, everything's 2020. And, and this is what was about to happen. I was about to go pursue something. It was going to end terribly. And I would learn something from it. Wow. Okay. Tell us that story. So, about two weeks after that, I meet a girl and we start dating. Right. Um, and like, like when I first met her, there was, there was this guy who was like my best friend at that time. Right. And, and he's all like, I'm going to start dating her. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then like her and I started talking and we were hitting things off and he, he was all like, you know what? You seem to be hitting it off. You go for her. Right. So we start dating and, and we're dating for a good period of time. And um, I, I believe that she's going to be the one. And so I proposed to her and she says, yes. And it was basically at that point where things started to go really wrong in the relationship. Uh, we, we would get in these like fights and we would have these periods where like she would be upset and she wouldn't talk to me. And I'm, try- I'm just trying to figure out what's going wrong and she won't tell me. And like, like a lot of this stuff is going on at this, at this time. And, um, I mean, I hadn't met her family yet. So when, when we, we were, uh, I met her family and I thought everything was great. Right. I thought like I hit it off with all the parents, all the siblings, all the, you know, all the relatives, like things seem great. Yeah. Then we're on our way to go meet my family because she'd met my mom and my stepdad, but she hadn't met like the rest of my family who still lives in Colorado. And we're, we're on our way to go meet them. And she ends our engagement. Wow. And, and like, she won't tell me why. And I'm like, what is going on? Right? Yeah. We, we, we come back to school because we're still in college at this point. And two weeks after we get to school, she breaks off. She, she breaks up with me completely. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm devastated at this point. I'm like, what, like, what is going on? Like, I thought things were going to be like good forever. And I thought, you know, I, I found a good Christian woman and things went well with your parents. Like what's going on about a week after that. I find out that she's started to date the person I thought was my best friend. Oh no. Who's also my roommate. Yeah. Oh, that's awkward. It's super awkward. And I had, I had secluded myself a ton at this point. And so I didn't have a lot of friends. There were a lot of people I was friendly, but I didn't really have good friends. He was my only good friend. She was my only good friend. Right. Like, like really good friend. Yeah. And so like my entire support was gone. I, and I went into this major depression at that point. I was, I like, 
I saw a future ahead of me and it was ripped out from me and I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and I remember multiple times during this period where we lived on the third floor. And when I look out the window, I can see below us, there's concrete three stories down. And I, I remember multiple times just looking out the window and thinking, if I just went out the window head first, it'll all be over. That simple. Yeah. Nothing else. Like game over. It's done. I remember so many times thinking that. And I never did that. But it was, it was an awful feeling during that time. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, that's that's a hard, that sounds like a very hard season. Where was, where did you think God was during that time? I always felt like God was there, but from from the time I saw that coyote until that point, I felt like I wasn't getting anything from him. Hmm. I felt like I like there was a disconnection. And I couldn't figure out why there was a disconnection, right? Because I wanted there to be that, that relationship with God. And I wanted to be close, but I felt like, like he wasn't talking to me. Yeah. And during this, this time now, I, I started to really seek him more. I started to, to go to church more often. Um, I would read more about faith and I would, I, I I sought new uh, friendships with people who were, who were better Christians than I was because I, I, I needed a new support system. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't have that there. And um, I, I was so blessed because there, there were a few individuals during that time who, who really stepped up and they've been some of my best friends in, in the world. Um, and I'm like, I'm so thankful they were there during that time because they, they helped me so much it's like people aren't designed to be alone we're not designed to be alone we're designed for community we're designed to be with other people yeah and when when you don't have that it it's painful but when you have that you can overcome anything and so it it was people like that in my life who helped me overcome and it was seeking god out more strongly myself It, it was in doing that that i discovered my own value and when I, when I looked in hindsight back into the relationship and mind you, this, this, is, this didn't happen right away. It's not like I, I like, this is like months and months and months of feeling like this. Yeah. But in hindsight, looking back, what I realized is I was, I, and, and to this day, I'm someone who has huge dreams. I want to, to accomplish things. I want to go out in the world. I want to do crazy, awesome things. And like, I want to help tons of people right? Like, that's what I want to do. And, and she wasn't like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. She, like, she had, uh, um, like her family owned a business at home. It was a small town and she wanted to like, take that over and like do good work there. Right. That's where she was being called. Yeah. And it's not where I was being called. And in, in trying to make the relationship work, I gave up on a lot of my own dreams. I gave up on a lot of um, ideas of what I wanted in my life prior to that. And so, so if that relationship had gone on, I, I realize now that I wouldn't have been a happy person because that's not who I was. And so in seeking God, I really learned how to value myself and, and appreciate who I am, who is Cody. That's what I, I was really delving into. And that's what God helped me see during that time. Because I went through a long period of time where I tried to find value in others. Right. This was the first time where I found value in myself. Oh, I yeah. I need others to tell me what my value was. Oh, I love that, that, that insight because I think that is so important. You are... Uh, you are more valuable than you think. Right. And you are valuable just because you are yeah, and not because you of your infinitely valuable. Right. It's not that you're just valuable. You are infinitely valuable for who you are. And like, like, sure. We're not perfect. 
we're human beings. We're, we're not perfect. Right. We're going to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean you're not valuable. Right. But you don't have to be perfect to be loved. Exactly. And what it sounds like was happening maybe in the relationship was you felt like you had to be in some yeah. ways and you were trying to fill, fill something. And so you found your own intrinsic value with the Lord after going through that, that situation. Exactly. Wow. What a, what a great story, man. I love that. I'm sure it sucked at the time. I'm sure I know it was hard. I don't mean to diminish that, but that time. Yeah. And I like, like, like even, like even today, like, like there are parts of me that still feel hurt. Right. Sure. Of course. I'm, I'm over it. It's not a problem. Right. But like, like sometimes things shouldn't happen to people and they do happen. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and that doesn't make it right. That's just how things happen sometimes. Right. And, and I, I realized for me, that was what had to happen, right? I had to have the, the trick of a relationship that was going to go on to be something more in order to learn that that relationship didn't need to define me or any relationship other than my relationship with God. Yeah. Okay, so take us from there up into kind of your leadership coaching and, and how that all came about because I know that you're passionate about that and I want to talk about that. Right after this time, um, <laughs> but basically during that same period, I, I was still in college and um, I, I started off college as a psychology major because I wanted to go into counseling psychology. Now, I didn't stay a, uh, I didn't stay a psychology major because their, their psychology program at the university I went to wasn't designed for counseling psychology. It was designed more for like, like scientific study psychology which is an amazing field. I love learning about all the things they're doing with that. I didn't want to do it myself. Yeah. It just wasn't me. A little different. Exactly. And so like, like there are all these different majors I could go do and I didn't know what I was going to do and I didn't know where I was going to be going either. And so I, I basically decided on a business major because I, I figured at the very least, no one's going to question me about it. Because the first thing that happens when you have a philosophy major, an English major, major maybe maybe even a theology major, right? Yep. They're, they're like, huh, what are you going to do with that degree? First question, every time, without fail. Yes, you're right. As, as a guy who got a degree in biblical studies, I can avouch for that. <laughs> and so I was just like, I don't want to deal with that, right? No one's going to question a, a business degree. They're going to assume and you're like, going to go into business. Oh, you're going to, you're going to do something with business. That makes sense. <laughs> so like it, it was just, it was practical more than anything. And in my studies, I found I was pretty good at accounting. Right. Which like, if you think about it, this is like a complete 180, right? Like I go to college thinking I'm going to go into counseling psychology and I come out doing accounting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like how did this work out? Um, So I I got out of college. I started doing work in accounting. Like immediately, immediately I hated it. (laughs) I suspected that was going to be the case because number one is boring. And number two, you're just a little more creative than that. I, yeah, to, to say the least. And, and I'm, uh, I'm a people person. I like to be around people and, and like accounting people in general, they're mostly to themselves and they, they're to the books and that's fantastic. Those people are amazing. It's just not me. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and so like, like at that point, like I was like, okay, I'm doing this now. Cause I, I need to pay for all this college debt I have because I went to a private school I, I didn't have a, 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 any sort of scholarship because I'm a white guy, right? <laughs> There's no scholarships for us anywhere. <laughs> like I, I didn't, we're NCAA, NCAA division three. So there's, they're not allowed to give scholarships. So I didn't get, I didn't even get a scholarship for that. Wow. So I've got like a ton of stu- student debt. So I'm like, I got to do something and I don't want to go back to school because if, if I go back to school, that debt's just going to pile up even more. And if I don't know what I'm going to do with whatever I go back to school with, what's the point anyways? Right. And so it was around this time where I got introduced to a group of entrepreneurs and they were like, Hey, you need to get into personal development. And I'm like, personal development, like, like my notion of personal development was that that is what people who feel like they have no future do, who feel like they're like the world's going to end. That's what they need. That's not me. I'm not that guy. Right. And like, I was a moron to to say the least, Um, because 
because they they kept saying like you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this i was like okay fine i'll read a book i'll make you happy right and i start reading uh these personal development books and i'm i'm flabbergasted because there's so much information in these books that should be taught which i didn't have any teaching on at any point in my education and i'm like like at first i was angry because i'm like why did i go through all that education and not learn any of these skills like none of them right <laughs> and then i, I know. got over the anger cuz it's not worth it being angry when you you can't do anything about it right I, just, I fell in love with personal development i just dove into everything personal development and i started to learn about john maxwell um, and John Maxwell, he's been teaching uh, leadership for over 40 years within the personal development world. He, he actually started off as a pastor, uh, extremely successful pastor. And uh, he, he felt like his calling was to teach leadership in the secular world instead of teaching in the, the um, religious world. And so he made that transition and he's, he's, done, he's phenomenal, like tons of books. He's, he's written over 100 books. Um, some of them, like, uh, I think five of them have each sold over a million copies, which is very rare for one book to sell over a million copies, let alone five books. So he knows what he's talking about. And I, I really just loved his work. And I'm like, I want more John Maxwell all around me. Like, like, where can I get more John Maxwell? And it wasn't too long after that, where I found out that he has what's called the John Maxwell team which is basically a, a, uh, a group of coach, coaches, speakers, and teachers that all teach on leadership. And I'm like, a coach? Like, what's a coach? Like, I, I know what a sports coach is, right? right. I've done sports since I was little. Like, I know what that is, but like, like a business coach, a leadership coach? Like, what is this? How does this work? And I started to learn about, like, what is the process of coaching? And like, I, I had this realization that like, this is just who I am. Like the skills they're talking about, how they function in the world. That's just who I was. Like I was the kind of person when people had things going on in their life, they came to me to seek that advice, to, to help them get through, to help them get to the, to the next point where they wanted to get to how, to, how to get past the trip ups. I was always that guy that they always came to. And I was like, wait, hold on. I can get paid to do this? Right. Like, like like people do this, they, they come to me just as is already. I, I can get paid to do it. Uh, sign me up, right? And so basically, um, I got certified with the John Maxwell team. And I've been developing more and more since then. Um, I've been certified with multiple organizations since then. And I'm not going to go through it all. Sure. You can find that stuff elsewhere and ask me about it. But yeah, no, that, that's basically where it started. And, and along with this, right, the, the other thing that I noticed, the other reason why I'm passionate about leadership as opposed to the plethora of other things that I could be passionate about is because when, when I look into the world, I see so many problems around leadership. And it doesn't matter which world we're talking about, right? At home, I experienced it because I didn't have a father growing up, right? Yeah. That leadership position wasn't there for me. When I looked at politics, I saw a terrible leader after terrible leader after terrible leader. And I don't care which side of the fence you live <laughs> on. There's, there's terrible leaders on all the fences, right? And like it impacts us when that happens. I looked at the business world, CEOs, C-suite people, managers who did these awful, terrible things and left people without jobs who, who cast them out and did you know all these terrible things that shouldn't happen to people. I looked in the, the world of religion. Sadly, within the world of religion, there's a lot of bad leaders who've done atrocious things. And it, like, it saddened me. And I, what I saw in, in my mind was a generation of people coming up who are seeing all these bad examples of leadership, who are seeing all the, the atrocious things around, around leadership and who are finding leadership in the wrong places. And... I didn't want them to see that. I wanted them to see what does a good leader look like. I wanted them to have hope that things could get better. I wanted them to 
believe that the, the world can become something greater if we work towards it today. That it, it's not all downhill from here. That we can make something better if we work towards it. That's why I got so passionate about leadership is because there's, there's this whole generation that have no clue what leadership is supposed to look like. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking that goes back to our conversation about relationships, right? And, yeah. and talking about, because we don't even have that. Like we live exactly. in a society where we don't even yeah. have those basic relationships. And so it's interesting the way that technology has taken out some of the, the basic human connections. Um, and so, so leadership, yeah, absolutely needs, needs to happen. And I love that. And so you do coaching and, yes. and you do, you, you do workshops and you do speaking all Absolutely. that. Yeah. I, I actually tomorrow the, I know this isn't going to go live at some other point. I know it's not actually going to go live tomorrow, but tomorrow I actually have a summit that I'm about to do. It's going to be 15 speakers. So I'm like, I'm super excited. Very cool. That. But by the time this goes live, no one's going it, to, it's going to be gone and passed, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Well, awesome. So if people want to connect with you, the best way to do that is at the leadership.guide, right? Yes. That's and there's no .com. There's no .org after that. It's it's the leadership.guide. The leadership.guide. The leadership.guide. Yep. Exactly. Beautiful. Um, very good. Well, Cody, I appreciate you being here to just share some of your story and some of your passion. And you had a couple of great stories that I just, I think that was awesome. So thanks for sharing those. Um, thanks for listening again. I, I love that. Definitely. Of course, you like you are consistently one of the top podcasts I listen to. And like every single week, you've got some another phenomenal person that's going to be on. I'm honored that you're <laughs> allowing me to be one of those people. I hope I have half the impact some of your other guests have had. Well, it means a lot to me. And so thanks for doing it. Um, hey, anything you want to leave us with as we as we close out here? Um, the, the one thing I would leave with people is, is it okay if I do two things? Yeah, you can do as much as you want. It's podcasting. That's the beauty yeah. of it. Two, two things that I would leave with people. One, bad things are going to happen. That doesn't mean God isn't there. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to use it for some good purpose. You may not see what it is right now, and it may be really difficult to hear it right now. But there is something good that's going to come from whatever terrible things are going on right now. God is there. And the other thing that I would leave with people is that God's going to speak to you in a way that you're going to understand it, in a way that's meaningful to you. He may not use words. He may not use dreams. He may not use compulsions. But he's going to use something that will speak to you. Amen. I, I love that. And I think it behooves all of us to just always be listening. Always be listening. Keep your the ears in your heart, if you will, open. Like keep keep that open, so you can hear where he's where he's leading you. Um, obviously, we we always look to scripture, but he's also speaking to us every single day. If we'll just have the have an open mind and heart. Well, Cody, again, thank you for being here. I appreciate it, brother. 